Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It's a Thursday. It's hour one. And we have a big football game coming up tonight. Welcome to the program. Gang's all here, ready to go. Bears getting six tonight against the Commanders. But that doesn't matter in the bet because the Bears could cover. That still doesn't matter. They have to win this game. Because Meet Friday is at stake for Paulie. And not just this Meet Friday, the following Meet Friday as well, because the Bears won't be playing the following weekend. And that means Paulie could go a couple of Fridays. And then they still have to win for you to get a Meet Friday. And there's no guarantee with that. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, Operator Tyler standing by. Say good morning. Those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner. The Bears haven't won a football game since October 24th of 2022. All 123 other major sports teams, NBA, NHL, baseball, NFL, have won at least one game in that span. Congratulations to the Chicago Bears. Out of the day. Brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. This first hour brought to you by Kings Hawaiian. They'll be part of our Meet Friday, and they are going to try to make every Sunday a slider Sunday. They're doing their darndest. Kings Hawaiian, you want to get together with uh, friends and family in football and enjoy the weekend. Make Sunday a slider Sunday. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. As I mentioned, football coming up tonight. No baseball tonight. Rangers, Twins, Diamondbacks, Phillies, all advance. Coming up a little bit later on, Rich Eisen will join us from London. He'll be on the call, Bills and the Jags. That'll be next hour, and we'll check in with the Chicago Bears and the situation that is 
one of the worst teams in football. And if you're the Chicago Bears or a Bears fan, do you want to win a game? Maybe win one so you don't go winless? I looked at the odds in case you were wondering. Who has better odds at going 0-17? Oh, my. <laughs> the Bears or the Panthers? According to DraftKings, which team has the better chance, better odds of going 0-17? If you said the Panthers, you'd be wrong. Oh, so I was going to say them. I was going to say yeah. the Panthers. The uh, Bears plus 2,800. The Panthers plus 4,000. More gambling coming up later on today. Dan Patrick takes a gamble. Shea and Irving. Dylan, the graphics guy. Bad Larry will have that podcast for you coming up after the show at danpatrick.com. By the way, danpatrick.com, we have sold almost 1,500 Crappensburg State T-shirts. And uh, we thank you for your uh, patronage <laughs> buying crap from us. You're literally, literally, you're buying crap from us. And then we'll let you know the latest batch of moonshine. We have it in studio, just a couple of bottles. But if you're on the newsletter, you'll get the first heads up that uh, the moonshine will be available. And once again, first come, first serve, and then that's it. We only make a certain amount, and then it's gone. But uh, we have restocked, and then we've restocked, and then restocked one more time with Crappensburg State T-shirts. <laughs> yes, Paulie. <laughs> You know, a portion of every shirt sale goes directly to Crappensburg State and the student fund. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, okay. We support the kids. Uh, yes, Eden. Why do you think the uh, Bears have better odds to not win a game than the Panthers? I'm not quite sure. Is that the schedule that they have, or is it? Hmm. Uh, because to me, I was like, I was thinking the Panthers. Well, they would have the best odds to to not win a game because they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So to me, that would weigh the scale a little bit more rather than a fellow who, while struggling, has gone through the ringer a couple of times. Yeah, and it feels like there's more at stake. That coach has to win. He's going to lose his job. Mm. Justin Fields has to win. He's going to lose his job. As for Carolina, you know, it, you, you got people in uh, new positions there. And not as much pressure. But still, nobody wants to go winless. It's just... How many, like the over-under is going to be maybe three or four wins for these two teams. Yeah, Paul. I looked it up, and PFF, Pro Football Focus, says that Carolina has a better roster, a more talented roster than the Bears. Remember, Carolina won seven games last year, which is not great, but they, mm -hmm. they weren't the worst team. The Bears were. Mm. And they, you know, they did upgrade their roster a little bit, but not at the right spot. All right. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but I guess if Pro Football Focus is going to look at the Panthers and say, based on what they did last year, and their roster, you got uh, Bryce Young as your quarterback there. That's supposed to be an upgrade. Yes, Paul. I'll tell you, the Giants, the New York Giants Ooh. feel like the worst team. Now, they have Ooh. a win, but they've been outscored by 76 points in four games. That's like Oakland A's-ish. They, they've, they've been outscored by more than even the Bears. And then their uh, offensive lineman, Evan Neal, calls out the fans and uh, basically calling them uh, front runners, uh, sheep, uh, the fact that they were booing, that they were playing so poorly. And then he punches down by, you know, calling out these people that, you know, are flipping burgers probably for a job, which, yeah. I mean, 99% of the people who are following football, covering football, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're putting in their time eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours every day doing manual labor, doing jobs. So 
you don't need your offensive lineman to be calling you out, punching down at you, because how dare you boo, you flip burgers. Um, you know what Evan Neal should do? is he should host a tailgate and he should supply the burgers and the hot dogs. And then just to say, hey, I'm sorry. He said he's sorry, but I think you got to say you're sorry and show you're sorry, not just, hey, I'm sorry. I never should have said that. Yes, Paulie. Evan Neal posted uh, late last night, I am wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations and my play to, to win uh, get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things that I said. Okay. We are working day-to-day to grow as a team, and this was an unnecessary distraction. I apologize. Okay. What For was... this time, I'm going to, to step away and work on my mental health. <laughs> For those offended. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what was his initial criticism? Like, what did he... He was complaining about fans booing, and that's not No, support. do we have the quote there of what exactly it was? I know it's behind a paywall, but I, I just saw where... Yeah, he called out these fans that they were booing, called them sheep. Uh, yes, Tom. I, or, yes, he. I have. A, I just have a couple of quick blurbs here. But he said basically, why would a lion concern concern himself with the opinion of sheep? To uh, the person that's mm. commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? Yeah. yeah. You're not a lion. You're on the Giants. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Oh, yeah. Factually incorrect. <laughs> You're also yeah. factually Let's incorrect. Let's go, Todd. And you stink. Bull yeah. loop. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. yeah. If I'm Evan Neal, I keep an eye out on what's my on my burger or hot dog yeah, if I ordered dude. one. Like, you know, just saying there. Oh, hey, Evan, big fan. Hold on a sec. <laughs> oh, you want to have one of, <laughs> you have one of my hamburgers? Yeah. I'll get, oh. I got some special sauce, Evan. <laughs> Make this one nice and special. Paul. Yeah, yeah, Paul. And he was ripping the Giants fans for booing. You know, if you're not from New York, there's a big difference, in my opinion, between the New York Giants fans and New York Jets fans. I've been to both games. The Giants feel much more supportive. It's a much friendlier atmosphere. They're booing because it was, it was a, there was games with no shows. I mean, those games weren't close. It wasn't like a two-point loss. The Giants, that's that's a more loyal fan base. I mean, it, it's uh, you can be on that list to get season tickets for a long, long, your entire life. Yes, Marv. Are the Giants more loyal or are they more optimistic? Because the Jets fans, I feel like they're loyal. They're just so pessimistic. They might be more professional as fans. Maybe. Um the Jets go in going, you know what? The other shoe's going to drop. The question is when and where. Yes, Mark. C4 plays into the season. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Quarterback dropped. That's the other shoe. Yes, Tom. So when the PR department wrote that apology for Evan, does he proofread wow. it? How does that work? Do they fax it to him? They just kind of send him a little PDF of it? Yeah, you want to get a heads up of what your, what your apology said, uh, how it read, just in case somebody said, uh, you know, you, uh, you mentioned a couple of things in that apology. I did. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what you said? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sort of. But yeah, I'm going to guess they crafted something to say, oh, no, 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 we don't. No, no, no. There's no reason to do that. Don't point fingers. If you're pointing fingers, maybe point fingers, you know, at yourself, the team in general, but not the fans. Yes, uh, Seaton. And I think, I mean, the Giants fans knows that they're winners. I mean, just over the course of their history, they've won yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Jets... I mean, I get that they have a Super Bowl, but... Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. By the way... And there's not a lot in between that. Guess who apologized? Joe Namath apologized to Zach Wilson. 
We lost the game. I was fed up. I said, I probably said, I'm fed up. I'm tired of them. Let's move on. You know, when you lose as your fan, you, 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 you're really frustrated. They're not going to, I didn't think for a minute they're going to get rid of him, but of course they're going to stick with him and he's going to improve. Hopefully he's going to keep improving. I said it. I take it back now. I hope he stays for 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Mm, I don't know, Joe. That's courtesy of the Michael K. Show with Joe Namath. Hope he stays 10 can't years. Can't put it back in the bottle, Joe. Come no, on. you can't. No, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, which poll question we have today, Seton O'Connor? Well, I was thinking since it went so poorly yesterday, should we give the T-O-double-D a chance to redeem himself? Hmm. You know, he, he got right back on that bicycle after crashing it yesterday, and he sent in a bunch more today. Wait, wait. I don't remember him crashing. Oh, yesterday didn't all the, go well. The, the Michael K, 18 is enough call. Yeah. Yeah. We were focusing on the wrong thing, and then it really got sideways. And It wasn't a good call. It wasn't. But that doesn't mean that it was a bad poll question by Todd. I think that's the point. Once again, it was about, in general, pre-planning what you're going to say, not about specifically, do you, does anybody know what eight is enough even is? Okay. You're kind of harping and, on that. And nobody knows what that show, they don't remember that, eight yeah. is enough. But it doesn't matter. That was the point you were making yesterday. Yes. That was the point you were making yesterday that Todd was getting, trying to get you to stop making yesterday. Thank you. It was about scripting the final call or just <laughs> but, doing it on the fly, that, not about a show from oh, the 70s or if oh, they know what no, that is. No, but you're jumping off point. I had a problem with it. You, you were all in. That you was doubled down on that. I, that, I, that was Michael Kay's jumping off point, not Todd's jumping off point. Todd thought it was a great call. Therefore, did he script the call? I never said well, it was a great call. Well, it wasn't a good call. I said it was creative, and I wondered if he had that in mind to say that, and then it became, there you go with your 70s references. No one knows what 80s and up is. Like, that's not what the question was. It was about scripting the final out or right, final all call. All right, all right, all right. We're going to have a better day today. We're going to have a great day. Better day today. By the way, over under rushing yards tonight for Justin Fields. Anybody want to take a guess? This is a guy who rushed for 1,100 yards last year. He's going against a really good defensive front there with the Commanders. Over, under, rushing yards, Justin Fields tonight. I'm going to start with my best friend, Todd. 63 and a half yards uh, rushing. All right, Seton O'Connor. Say 75. Marvin. 84 and a half. All right, Paulie. 39 and a half. 47 and a half. Oh, oh. Yeah. Over under passing yards, Justin Fields. 39 and a half. 39 and a half. That's not nice. Todd. 186. Marvin. Marvin. 211. I ain't seen no counter. Oh, 179. Paul. 162. 193 and a half for Justin Fields. You're playing eight quarters? Anybody going over those totals, rushing yards and passing yards? Seton is. I well, hold on. Okay. I was really more raising my hand to speak, not take that. <laughs> oh. poor, poor timing by me. Okay. okay. Poor timing by All me. All right. Okay. What are the chances the Bears win tonight? Well, yeah, they're six point underdogs. Sure, they can win. What if all of a sudden uh the commanders sort of not that they need to come back down to earth or back to reality? But they're a little bit of a schedule breaker right now where it's like, dang, the commander's team seems legit. Uh, Thursday nights are funny. Everybody expects the Bears to get blown out. Uh, maybe they get the dub this tonight. Yeah, but the commander's at home. They just played the Eagles. They played exactly. them tight. Uh, oh, you think they're banged up from playing the Eagles? I'm saying that they. it's a short week for them. They probably just got the crap kicked out of them by the Eagles. 
They're not expecting uh, spry Justin Fields to show up. Yeah, but the Bears are on a short work week, too. They're on the road against the Commanders. Commanders are probably going, you know, this worked against the Eagles. It'll work against the Bears. Hey, we can hold uh, Jalen Hurts in check. We can hold Justin Fields in check. Yes, Marv. Isn't the term any given Thursday? That's the movie, right? <laughs> yes, so yes, let's yeah. go. The Bears can do it. How? Okay. I feel like I want to hop on a wager over this. Wait, what? what's going on? That I'm betting on the Bears to win do you Do you want to be on Paulie's wager? <laughs> don't do it. Well, I don't, no, I don't want to jump in that I can't have it until they win again. Okay. Uh, but I, we can figure something out, though. By the way, I approve the menu tomorrow. And my stamp of approval is predicated really on the Bears losing tonight. Is it all like uh, Chicago-style pizza, no, Chicago-style no, Bloody Mary, no, no. Chicago-style? No, here we go. You're, you're meaner than oh, that. I, I, I would go for the jugular. Here we go. French onion soup. Oh, wow. That's very specific, Dan. That's wow. very specific. Smoked French onion soup. Yes. yes. A first in Traeger history. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you have to watch us eat the French onion soup tomorrow. <laughs> wow. With pictures of Walter Payton in the yes. background. Yeah. You know? I feel I feel like it might be important to clarify because I don't know if it comes up enough on the show just how much Paul loves French onion soup and how often he texts us pictures oh. of mini crocs of French onion soup Love from it. various locations all over New England. That is true. Paulie, Paulie is our twelve-year-old. Oh, he, yeah. he, he gives us uh, what? What he's eating? I'm first team His FOS. Yeah. First yeah, that, team like, French onion soup. Saturday, yeah. Saturday around noon, oh. you get the Oysters. French onion soup crock thing with the, with the base coat. <laughs> a pint at a pint. pub, absolutely. On a cold day. Yep, yep. If I don't get it, I feel like I've been cheated. It's like God, Paulie didn't. He must not have you okay anything. today, Paulie. Yeah. What's no going on? Soup? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did approve of French onion soup tomorrow on the menu. That's funny. Man. Is Getty Lee coming in to cook? Eddie, Getty Lee is going to come in and sing. Rush is going to be the house band tomorrow. All right, let's take a break. Rich Eisen coming up in an hour from now. Join us from London, and uh, a little bit more on the Chicago Bears later on today. Uh, we're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. By the way, the uh, stakes are high for tonight's game, pun intended. Paulie has the Bears if the Bears lose, and uh, he gets no meat Friday tomorrow. And then the following Friday, as well, you'll miss out. You uh, don't get reinstated until the Bears win a football game. So this goes back to last week's bet with the Broncos and the Bears. Rich Eisen, NFL Network host and host of the Rich Eisen Show on Roku and uh, NFL Game Day Morning. Also, the Rich Eisen Show Monday through Fridays at noon Eastern on Roku. He'll be on the call Jags Bills in London. Kickoff will be 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And Ricardo joins us from London. How long do you think you would be in London before you would pick up a British accent? I think, uh, you know, I'm... I'm uh... I'm gonna have to stay for a while for that. You know, I still have the uh, I still have the New York accent in me, Dan. You just have to cut me off in traffic <laughs> for that to happen. Okay. Um, I just got to London about three hours ago, so cheerio, mate. You know, I'm just uh, it's gonna have to. By the way, it sounds like uh, Paulie's gonna have to turn vegan based on what I just heard. <laughs> yeah, the um, I mean, this is a pretty big bet that uh, they they put mm. a lot on the line with Meat Friday, and then the Bears. Oof. Um, I don't know if you're covering this on NFL game day morning, but it it seems like it's a pretty big deal that uh, the Bears against the Commanders. Who do you like? Yeah, Uh, I like the Commanders, Dan. I'm going on a very thick limb on that one. (laughs) I I like Sam Howell and his bedhead and the rest of this team, uh, certainly against the Bears on a short week where um, where where. I don't know what in the world. They're they're the most disappointing team of 2023 as far as I'm concerned. I know there's another 0-4 team. I know there's a lot of 1-3 teams that might take that. But for them to stick with Justin Fields, get him DJ Moore, make these changes, and now come in tonight 0-4, short week looking at 0-5, um, that's, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. But see, I look at the Bengals as more disappointing than the Bears. Because the expectation was the Bengals could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I, I guess the caveat there would be the injury that Burrow suffered in the summer and them having to make the decision to 
uh, sit him were not sort of the Jamar Chase plan to keep him out for the first month of the season. And now they have no choice yeah. looking at the first month of the season where you have to figure, would they have gone one and three with Jake Browning? You know, and so here they are with that horse sort of out of the barn. He doesn't have an injury designation this week. So maybe they're they're speaking it into existence because he certainly doesn't look the same to me. Yeah, I said this a couple of weeks ago. If the doctor said he will be, you know, measurably better, then sit him down until the bye week. And, and you know, maybe he could be healthier now. But you watch them play and he's holding them back. He can't throw the ball over 10 yards. He, he's not, I mean, most of his attempts are under 10 yards. And that's a pretty good explosive offense, and you're not able to utilize that. So um, would you get in a hole in your division? Absolutely, if, if he didn't play until the bye week. But is it going to matter if after the bye week in that division? Uh, you know, Baltimore might be the class of that division, and I just don't think playing Joe Burrow. Now you got to go to Arizona. Arizona is frisky. So they are no guarantee that they're going to win that game. And the Ravens, if they beat the Steelers, they're not only uh, on top of the division uh, with three division wins, all of them would be on the road. They've already won at Cleveland and at Cincinnati, and this would give them a win at Pittsburgh and a huge leg up just five weeks in. But listen, um, you know, this is a wide open conference, I think. It's a wide open league. Um, You know, obviously, you got the Niners and the Cowboys on Sunday night just to see if the Cowboys can measure up. Um, to a team like San Francisco, but uh, I, I really do think it's anybody's league for for a great handful of teams, Dan. You got an idea of who the Jags are and who the Bills are going into this game on Sunday morning? Uh, I don't have – I have a much better sense of who the Bills are. I mean, you've seen it the last three weeks. Um, and the, um, the Jaguars, I just don't know. Um, we're seeing them Saturday morning for the first time. And they'll have a significant advantage of being the first team to play a second consecutive week in London. And the Bills are getting in um, today. They're they're landing just now. So uh, that is a an advantage just in terms of the game. But in terms of Jacksonville and who they are, no, sir. Um, I, I don't have that sense. But the Bills have won three straight games in boat rate fat boat boat race fashion and um i i do believe that they are the best team right now in the afc you want to call them the most complete team the team that's got um a, a leg up and pro bowlers all over the all over the lot um and and certainly if they played the chiefs right now i think the chiefs would have a significant disadvantage rich eisen will be on the call coming up on sunday morning the bills and jags kick off at 9 30 a.m eastern also his show monday through friday the rich eisen show at noon eastern on roku most valuable player on the niners team is who uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go off the board here dan i'm gonna say brock purdy i'm going brock purdy here not just because of the way he's playing but because of the way that he's playing you don't hear the words trey and lance ever anymore end of story Whatever the Niners gave up for Trey Lance, whatever they uh, couldn't get out of Trey Lance, normally that would send the coach and the general manager uh, to the unemployment line. Instead, they both got contract extensions. That's because Brock Purdy plays the way that he plays. Also, the value um, is, is not just figurative, it's literal. The amount of money that they get to pay so many others because of the contract. He's the, he's the last pick in the draft doing this, Dan. And so he is terrific. 
And I know McCaffrey's scoring like crazy, and I know Fred Warner and Bosa are doing what they're doing on that side of the, of the ball, but Brock Purdy is just spectacular. And uh, we just – so many people don't believe it because he looks like he's going to a, a civil engineering class instead of coming for you and your defense. And I think we're going to see it again Sunday night. Yeah, I agree with you. He can be the most valuable player on his own team, but Christian McCaffrey will be in – you know, consideration for the MVP yeah. league-wise. But what kind of numbers? I mean, it's a quarterback award, but could you see numbers that if McCaffrey puts up this and this, that he could be the MVP? I think what you do is, uh, it, you know, voters will just split it. There's an Offensive Player of the Year award. And so that's usually the uh, the MVP. Yeah, it's that. not a quarterback. Yeah, I know. It's, I hate it's that. the cop out. It is. It's the cop out. Yeah. It's a total cop out. But it, they, they that's the way the the voters normally do this sort of thing. Hey, listen uh, again. You you cannot discount the way that Purdy is playing and how it has taken uh, the pressure off the lid off. If there was such a thing, I don't I don't think there was because Jed York loves his coach and his general manager and for good reasons. But the fact that you know. Trey Lance, you trade up all that to go take somebody third overall, and he, he's not ready to play, and you go ahead and you have Brock Purdy to play. Take a look at what the Jets. Zach Wilson was taking a pick before Trey Lance, and the Jets are hopefully going to get uh, a, another good game out of Zach. Two consecutive games from Zach Wilson of significant leadership and play. They haven't had that yet, and the Niners are – Starting 4-0 with Mr. Irrelevant, if you will, being the most relevant player for them, I believe. And that's, you know, I, and that's fully understanding what McCaffrey's looked like. 18 touchdowns in his first 18 games as a Niner. That, that I would say, is a significant uh, contribution, DP. We uh, broached this topic yesterday. Uh, yes, if I sent Fritzy to Bill Belichick's press conference yesterday, and he asked the following question. Yes. In spite of all the winning and all the Super Bowl trophies, what would you say to those who say you're on the hot seat right now, Bill? How do you think Bill would – is that a fair question to ask Belichick? That how would you – so ask it one more time because you need to really make sure. First of all, it's not a yes or no question, which is what for some reason everyone asks Bill Belichick about 80% of the time. Yeah. So that's a that's a good uh, sentence sentence structure. Give it to me one more time. In spite of all the winning and all the Super Bowls and everything you've accomplished in New England, what would you say to those who say you're on the hot seat right now with the Patriots? Just you know, just preparing for <laughs> New Orleans, and you know they have a tough defense, and you know that's for you guys to decide. By the way, this is an actual sound. This is Rich doing his Bill Belichick. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I, I thought that's not what you didn't want me to role play. Dan, no, is no, that we role play, but I didn't oh, okay. know if you. you oh, could we? That's basically what his answer would be. I mean, yeah. he would, you know, you just, you know, shrug so he, he First of all, I think that would lead to what's the over under on the number of awkward silent seconds there? I would say probably a good four <laughs> to five. You'd hear room tone. You'd hear a lot of good room tone. Yeah. You'd hear the buzz of the lights and maybe some air conditioning vents, and then he would he would he would answer that way. But let's say and, they went five and twelve, Rich. Yeah. Now then then what would happen? Yeah. Uh I, I would definitely think that uh Robert Kraft would have a conversation with Bill Belichick that uh would be a coin flip whether they are still 
uh, employee and employer. That it's entirely possible that Belichick would be done in New England at five and twelve, and going in a completely different direction. But how That's important? I, how important sorry. do you think it is for Robert Kraft to have Belichick become the all-time victory leader while being his head coach in New England? Oh, I think it's very important. But you know, how many times in our in our world do we see? You know, teams staying together with their uh, player or coach for the sake of a milestone, and it doesn't really help things in the long term, in the long run. So, and again, I, I don't know what Belichick's desire would be to to stick around there anymore, or what a five and twelve season would would lead to for him. Uh, honestly, nobody can really read that situation at all. That said, um, they do have some winnable games on the horizon. And I just cannot believe the team that we saw get eviscerated by the Cowboys is the, the way that things are going to go. The problem is, though, you know, now that I come to think of it, Matt Judon's out, and so is yeah. their their stud rookie. But um, Guns put it all together, I, I think there's a good chance they're still 500 in a couple weeks, Dan. Good news. Uh, hmm. Oh, I just interrupted your goodbye. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that, Dan. Yeah. Did, did, I, did I disrupt your flow? Yeah, go right d- there. D- kind of finish your thought, and then, then I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> no, I asked you if you thought that they were Good done. to talk to you, like, Rich. It, you don't, okay. this way. <laughs> Good to talk to you. All right, DP. All take right. care of yourself. All right. All right. Uh, Rich Eisen from London. He'll be on the call coming up uh, this weekend. Early. Well, early for us. 9.30 a.m. Eastern. It's Jags and Bills. Also, uh, Rich, his show, The Rich Eisen Show, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern on uh, Roku. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. It's the Book of Joe podcast. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Yeah, well, there are no boundaries, right? Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What are we doing with this, Marvin? The Bears are going to do magic tonight. They are? Yeah, I got the Bears. Straight up? Straight up. Does anybody want to bet Marvin here? We already have. Paul, you want to bet against Sure, I'll make some scratch on this. (laughs) I won't be eating tomorrow, but I'll have 50 bucks in my pocket. Wow. Oh, I was going to say like a dollar fifty. Well, you got to make it interesting. I mean, Paulie's got meat Friday at stake if the Bears lose. And uh, then the following week they don't play, so that's two meat Fridays. Who do they play after they play the Commanders, Paulie? Are they playing uh, like the? They got a, a bye, right? Yeah, and then and then they're they're uh, they're actually getting points on the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> I still like them to lose during the bye week. Who yeah, do the, they? The Bears have uh, they host the Vikings and then host oh, the, the Raiders. Okay, all right. Uh, Tom Waddle, Mark Silverman, host of uh, Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN One Thousand in Chicago. They do afternoon drive there. You guys have been doing this a long time. Sylvie, let me start with you. Uh, The level of desperation in Chicago with the Bears is what? Is a 100 on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, Dan, we've been through this a lot. You said we've been doing this for a long time. The Bears have been doing this for a long time. It's rinse and repeat. I call it the circle of suck. Um, Paulie knows it well. Um, we just went through a hiring process a year and a half ago that got Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus here. They didn't have to change the nameplates. Matt and, and Ryan uh, were the previous guys, and they hired a Matt and Ryan. And um, nothing has changed. Maybe it's gotten worse. We still don't know about Ryan Poles. The jury is still out. But Matt Eberflus has to go. Uh, I don't know what it will do by firing him if they get embarrassed tonight, but he's got to go at the end of the year, and um, especially if you you end up drafting another quarterback. So yeah, the it's at a one hundred right now. Dan, you see, Dan, you see what I deal with. You ask him a simple question that probably could have taken ten seconds to answer, and he sucks <laughs> all the oxygen out of the room. It's like an eighty twenty, you know you know, uh, a verbal split on our show for four hours. Well, that is the circle of suck. It's sucking yeah. the air out of, of the room there. What do you see on the field with the Bears, Tom? 
Uh, I see a team that can't stop anybody defensively. There's no creativity. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm more concerned with their defense right now than I am their offense. And I have some serious concerns about their offense. But you've got a defensive-minded head coach who plays this cover two, which you can still succeed in this league with a cover two, but you got to be able to pressure the quarterback with your front four and you drop your seven in coverage. They can't pressure anybody. Mm. And then they aren't really aggressive or creative trying to get quarterbacks off their spots. So I, I think defensively they're in trouble and offensively they just have not learned how to win. And I thought that was on full display in the fourth quarter against the Broncos. I'll ask both of you guys, do you want the Bears to win tonight? <laughs> I do not. No, I do. Yeah, listen. Um, look, look. This Can is, you this admit, is though, publicly, Tom? That you like you you're rooting for the Bears with a, a brighter future down the road here, and Caleb Williams and maybe Marvin Harrison and a new head coach. So, could you say it publicly, being a former Bear working in Chicago? No, I can't. Um, my fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. No, here, <laughs> listen. I want them to win. If in fact this is the first of 12 in a row, or this is, they're going to go 10 out of 11. If they can find their way to a successful season and get to the postseason, then that means a lot of stuff went right. Maybe the quarterback, you know, built on the three quarters he had against the Broncos. I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, the realist in me is, is one that thinks that major change is on its way. And that may include having a couple of the top three or four picks in the draft next year. What about you, Dan, it, it's too early. It's it's too early to start rooting for tank jobs. I mean, we're week five. Like, I'm, I'm for rooting for losing with four weeks left. Okay. There are too many players that need to be developed. And, and Justin Fields, you can still salvage. And don't get me wrong. If you get the number one pick, whether it's your pick or Car – they have Carolina's pick. So if you get the number one pick, I think Caleb Williams is too generational of a talent to to skip him. Even if Justin Fields shows progress, you must draft. Mm. But you just you're gonna drive yourself crazy if you start rooting for your favorite team to lose in week five. But if you go seven and ten, are you bringing Justin Fields back? Not Probably if you have. Well, if you have. If, if you have the Carolina pick, you can always draft a quarterback there. You could you could keep Justin for another year. You have him under contract for two years and sit the rookie quarterback, whoever it is, or you could trade Justin if he ups his, his value. Sorry, Waddle. No, no, no. I, I Look, um, I, 7 and 10 doesn't necessarily mean that the quarterback is coming back. I, I think that there's a long way to go to come to that final destination, but um, – I don't think that you can just sit here today before they kick the ball off tonight and say that a specific record would ultimately lead to the conclusion that he is your answer. Maybe they win these games in a fashion in which the quarterback doesn't play a significant role or in a manner in which you think that he is your answer. So, I, again, I'm with Sylvie in terms of it's it's way too early to start cheering against your team. And, and I'm a patient man. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more patient. I'd like to see this whole season play out because at the end of the year, you have to be 100% comfortable and com uh, confident and comfortable 
or you could combine those words, and you have to know whether he is your guy or he's not your guy with no gray area. Well, you know, Chicago, the, the, the sport world in Chicago is similar to New York where the Jets and Giants aren't good. The Yankees and Mets didn't make the postseason. Uh, you've got the Cubs. Uh, they bowed out. Uh, the Sox aren't good. The Bulls are eh. Then you got the Bears. I mean, how's morale? <laughs> there's no there's no morale dan there's no morale the white Sox lost 101 games and they're bringing back their manager the cubs choked away a four-game lead in the wild card in the last three weeks of the season and the bears were supposed to build a bridge into being this year's lions and then to take off and they're zero and four and they're gonna maybe fire everybody again and, and draft the next great quarterback. So morale has, has left. Can you we, say, Tom, that yeah. the 85 Bears were bad for the city because the shadow is still there, it's still long, and you're not going to get close to that uh, anytime soon? No, you should never suggest that something that was that magnificent was bad. It's not their fault. <laughs> that we have wandered in the football desert ever since then. I mean, I'm not going to blame Steve McMichael and Richard Dent and Dan Hampton and, and Walter Payton and Jay Hilgenberg, and the, the list goes on and on. It's not their fault that we haven't been able to find the promised land. So, uh, no, I, I, I think that you, you we still celebrate them. You know that. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people get a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But they're an all-time great, so they should be celebrated. But we should continue to put the pressure on the organization to get us back to some sense of success. It's great to talk to you. I'll talk to you guys again uh, right before the NFL draft when you have the first and second pick. <laughs> we'll talk then. See you, Dan. Until then, lose our numbers. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Tom Waddle, Mark Silverman, part of Waddy, uh, Waddle and Sophie, uh, ESPN 1000. Been there a long time, two to six uh, local time. Afternoon drive, if they like to call that. Get a couple of phone calls in here. Yes, Paul? I, I wonder, we discussed this before, if you do a daily sports radio show in a, in a town locally, different than what we do, if your team is atrocious, isn't your job maybe easier? But you have to go in every day and talk about the same thing. Yeah. That's the challenge. And I admire, when you're a local show, it's like a local sportscaster, it's really hard to do that. You're going in every single day. Big cities, what are you talking about? There's, there's a small amount of topics in these cities because people want to talk about them. They want to vent about them. You might want to talk about something different, but your audience usually dictates what you're going to talk about. I don't know, this story uh, I just saw, and it's uh, from our good buddy, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. According to Andrew Marchand of the Post, the NFL asked NBC, ESPN, Fox, and CBS to air free promos for Taylor Swift's movie that comes out October 13th. So I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that again. Part of the NFL leaning into the Taylor Swift phenomenon included the league asking its broadcast partners to air advertisements for Taylor Swift's upcoming movie, and that they would do it for free. Fox and CBS did not air the promotion, 
NBC and ESPN did during pregame shows. NBC also aired a Taylor Swift commercial during the football game between the Chiefs and the Jets. Um, Fox consistently cut to her suite when she was in attendance for Kansas City's game against the Bears. They did the same during the game with the Chiefs and the Jets when she was joined by celebrities Blake Lively, Sophie Turner, Ryan Reynolds, and Hugh Jackman. Uh, don't know if there's anything else to that, but interesting that uh, Taylor will go to the game. You give uh, free promotion to her movie that is uh, coming out next week. Yeah, Paul. I'd like to know some more details if the, this trade-off were between Taylor Swift and the NFL as an appearance fee, because that would match a lot of things some of us were saying the past couple of weeks. But if you notice, there was a cutaway of Taylor Swift as they went to break in the NBC game, and right after. It cut to yeah. the promo for her new t- her movie. Her movie, yeah. Yeah. And that didn't seem like a coincidence. I've given way too much thought on this. There's been way too much discourse, discussion about this. Um, and I keep coming back to one thing. And that is when Travis Kelsey was asked about, you know, her going to his game, the first one. And he said, hey, you know, I put the ball in her court. Uh, it's ballsy that she showed up. Like, that's not flirtatious type stuff. You could have said that about a buddy. I mean, it just, that kind of language feels like a partnership. Well, friend zone Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Like, if I had a crush on somebody, and I was going to invite them to a game, and I said, uh, you know, I put the ball in Jennifer Aniston's court, man, I'm, but that's ballsy that she showed up. If I'm flirting with her, that, that's not how I'm flirting with her. I'd be like, you know what? Uh, I'd like to keep it between us. I'm really happy she showed up, and uh, that's all I have to say about it, because I love her dearly. <laughs> I, mean, t- I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, t- not that. I'm not love, like love, love, like not that I'm in love. With but would you say that? Man, that's ballsy. She showed up. Uh, you know, I put the ball in her court. Like, it just didn't sound like you say that in a relationship or like you're hopeful for a relationship. Plus she's a kind of a big deal. You're making it seem like, Hey man, I put it in your court. Uh, ballsy. You showed up. Hey, good to see you, man. Um, is it an appearance fee? That's the story feels like an appearance fee. Show up at our game, national TV yeah. Sunday night, and we'll do a nice promo for you on the house. Yeah. Yeah. Marv. Is she going to be at their, uh, international game in Germany? Yeah. Uh, I well, the movie's already going to be out. Oh, so this is over now. Okay, it, October thirteenth. I think the movie comes out. I hope to go a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> first night, first night. Yeah, the original cast. Uh, yes, Todd. Don't you say I'm glad she came to the game and meant a lot to me that uh, she was there. That's all if I- I'm flirting right. with her, then yes, but not. Man, it's ballsy. She showed up. Like, hey, dude, give me some knocks. Glad you showed up. It just. I would say that with like a friend of mine that wasn't going to go to the game or played for another team that was a bye week. Man, ballsy that he showed up, but uh, hey, I put it in his court. Yeah, there's like an implied high five there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's dap, <laughs> there's is, something, yeah. right? That is not hot. No, <laughs> no, no. Man, you have a way with words. Yeah, man, put it in her court. That's ballsy she showed up. You know how he got me? 
<laughs> it was when he said that I got there and it was ballsy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. This is the man of my dreams. Yes, Paul. Does this ruin love for you, this story? No, I still love love. Mm. I do. But I know love. That's another thing. That's the thing. You know love I when you I do see it. know love when I hear it and I see it. Yes, Marv. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. No more. No more. I think Billy Joel is playing in Baltimore. Is that Saturday night and then the Orioles play? Saturday? But they, they're going to be at different parks. He'll, I think Billy will be with the you know, Ravens Stadium because the Ravens are in Pittsburgh. But then the Orioles have their home game. They open up their series. Yeah, Paul. I read something about Billy Joel a while back. He hasn't made new music in decades. Like some artists, even the Rolling Stones, didn't they put out an album recently? Or they're about to? He just, he says, no, I'm, I'm done putting out new stuff. I'll just play the old stuff at the concerts. That, that's weird, like two decades at least. But Jimmy Buffett, I don't think, put out new music. Oh, okay. I think, I, I think there are a lot of artists that, like once you get to a certain point, unless you're Bob Dylan, I mean, Dylan's still writing. I, I was listening to Dylan... God, it, it's a shame. When you hear him sing, it is, you, you feel bad for your throat because he, like that. I'm going, now, not that he sounded great before, but I did admire his style, his voice. But listen to him now, it is rough going. Like, I don't know if Willie Nelson's put out new music. There's probably a lot of artists. You get to that level and you're like, no, nah, I'm good. No need to. Because when you go to the concert, people don't want to hear your new mu- music. Like, as soon as you go, hey, we got a new one here, we're like, Ugh, time to go to get a beer. Yes, Todd. Is it getting to that level where you think you don't have to do it anymore or you can't, whether it's medical reasons or you don't sound good anymore or you're just not as creative in the writing they used to do? Well, you can still write. Dylan can't sing, but he writes all the time. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's written more music than Dylan has. Yeah, Paul. Billy Joel's last studio album, New Music, was 30 years ago. He was, he was 44. He wasn't an old man. He's 74 now. I mean, he stopped recording music at 44. Yeah. You may be right, Polly. Okay, thank you, Tom. I may be crazy. Huh? No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. As long as he doesn't sing it. No, no. We're not going to do this. Might as well finish it out, Todd. Yeah. But it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. Going to take a break. First glass, song from Glass House Side A. Glass half full. Or is it half empty? Anything else, Todd? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Don't ask me why I was singing. (laughs) Third song, Side A, Glass Houses. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.